0: Hey, everybody, welcome to another episode of Design Recharge. I am so excited to introduce Mina to you today and this amazing product and project, and we've been talking beforehand, and now I'm super excited, and um, I hope if you guys, somebody could let me know if I sound okay, um, that'd be great, and then when Mina starts talking, just do the same thing over there. That way, I can adjust volumes if we need. Thanks, Ann. I appreciate it. Um So here's how Spreecast works. Thank you, Jason. Here's how Spreecast works. Um, You're able to chat with us in the chat window. I really try to act like a DJ, so I'm reading so Mina doesn't have to, and I'll pull pull questions on. You can also submit questions right under Mina. There's a submit question button. And it's under all these images, so it it may be faster if you do it over there. But here's what Design Recharge is about. It's every week you come and you're able to get re-energized because that's one thing for me as a designer. Um, I have my own company you're able to come out and get energized or hear about a new project and stuff like that keeps your creativity going. So I'm really big on, um, uh, motivating. Hopefully that's what design recharges for you guys. Cause it is for me. So Mina, um, tell us a little bit about your background and how you came to design and, and what you're doing right now. And then we'll get, jump into the project.
1: Um, my background, let's see, I started, um, uh, hi, Simon. I started uh, illustration school actually back in 2000, um, the, the year 2000, uh, and at Virginia Commonwealth University. Um, and uh, started I started illustration with communication arts and design back at VCU back when it all used to be one big thing, and there there wasn't illustration and then graphic design. There there wasn't any of that. It was just all kind of one thing. Yeah, VCU. Um, and uh, I graduated in 2004 after studying in Florence, Italy. Um, I did a lot of different things. I went to the Illustration Academy after I um, left uh, uh, VCU. Um, and then uh, went to work in, in the real world uh, for uh, quite a number of years and then decided I wanted to get my master's. And so I, I went back to VCU and I said, well, there's a graphic design uh, visual communications MFA program it's um, ranked really high in the nation. So I, I went ahead and I applied and I got in. And um, I am now a tenure track professor at uh, Virginia State University um, at the uh, the art and design program there.
0: Cool. Awesome. Thanks so much for letting us know that you guys can hear us. So Mina has worked on this project. as, as- design educators, we have our own businesses, and we do projects just like regular. We keeps we would not be very good design professors if we weren't designing, I don't think. But, um, so, you did, so Chuck Scalen was a professor at Virginia Commonwealth, and he does a lot of fine art as well. He was in the, the communication art and design uh, program at VCU. But, so how did you get to know Chuck, and then how did this project come about.
1: So, uh, I never had Chuck as a professor, by the way. Um, I actually, funny enough, I had his son Noah um, back when Noah had just started teaching. He taught me. Um, I think it was like a, it was one of those com- computer classes. Um, so Noah and I have known each other for a number of years, and funny enough, we happen to be neighbors. Noah and I tend to go out to lunch together, and one day he said, hey, you know, my dad's been working on this project, and I really think you would be a good person for him to talk to. So it's all Noah's fault, really.
0: (laughs) (coughs) So that's how I started. So you and Noah, and then you, had you met
1: Chuck before, or? Yeah, I'd actually been to the Body of Evidence show. He had an opening at Ghost Print Gallery, and um, and I, I was there uh, actually serving drinks with uh, with Noah's wife and a few of uh, the other women in the neighborhood. Um, we we were there and we were working, um, and I was well aware of the work, and I had a hard time serving drinks that night because I was looking more at the work than you know serving <laughs> really.
0: So explain explain a little bit about Chuck's um, what he was doing, and then why he decided to actually produce this as sort of a a book per se.
1: Um, well, I think Chuck is actually here too. Um, uh, he um, he would be the best person to ask. You know, the, why did he do this? Uh, but uh, from what I understand, it's it's born of um, of a love for, for mystery and sort of the unsolved and he did a beautiful job of um, creating these assemblages um, with uh, these, these articles, these pieces that were just found sort of objects. Putting them together in these cases, they told a story that words didn't need to be, you know, at the time brought into so these assemblages were just kind of there on their own and at this opening people were reading into the story behind the assemblage they they started projecting um their idea of what maybe this unsolved mystery was um and so then you know it became this thing where well what if we had people write a story about it and so chuck worked through all of that um he found um, a series of authors. Uh, we had uh, 14 assemblages, so 14 images, and um, Chuck uh, had an extra author, 15 authors in total, um, write an introduction. Tom De Haven is his name. Um, and we all together sort of collaborated on this giant piece um, taking one assemblage at a time, each author getting one, writing a story about that, and then I basically brought it all together in a designed piece.
0: So did you have complete creative freedom? I haven't even started on my um, questions. I'm sorry, Mina. I always send everybody questions, and I'm like skipping over that. I'm so excited. So did you have an idea of what this would look like? Did Chuck have an idea, or did you have complete creative freedom to kind of see what it was
1: well um, uh, I I think Chuck and I have worked really well together Um, this was really fortunate uh, that you don't always get such a great client um, and you certainly don't get such a great relationship um, but throughout the entire process I think I had so much respect and I have had so much respect for uh, the work that I've wanted to prune this piece to be, to allow the work to be the biggest part. And I think sometimes as designers, we tend to get like really excited about what we're doing. And we forget a little bit about the work and how that needs to show. And the the right. goal of this was to get, it was about the work. It was, about, it was born of each one of these 14 assemblages. So, um, Chuck really gave me a lot of room to do what I wanted, um, but every idea went past him. Every single idea went past him, and he had the yay or the nay and um, and you know, and it's also about uh, time and the deadline and money and um, supplies, all of those things, because these are all handmade, these these uh, artist books. Uh, so I had a lot so, of control, but, you know, he was, we we always had a conversation.
0: So let's give him a little bit of background, and maybe we need to pull some of the images up, but this is not like a today unsolved mystery. It kind of had a vintage kind of feel. So can you just talk about some of the parameters that you were wanting to meet? You wanted those uh, points to be made when you saw it visually. Oh, yeah, this is old, or this is whatever.
1: Yeah, um, well... It, it it had a sort of a feeling of, um, uh, you know, noir and detective and pulp. And just it, there was there was a sort of a feeling in the background uh, to me when I looked at these pieces that, you know, they were aged. Each one of the pieces has like a window. It's fogged. Um, so I wanted to make sure that no matter what, this artist's book was going to look like it had been around somewhere. It had been kept somewhere. That you needed to kind of wipe off the cover so that you could see the plaque on the front that it was something important inside and whatever you opened inside sort of felt like a relic so there were a lot of things that went into that uh, right down to the type of leather that was being used to strap everything in and I think there's an image of you know of what the mm-hmm. inside looks like um, the D rings there are metal D rings that that holds that hold the leather you know um, inside those were each taken to um, a place in Richmond called Tectonics, and Tectonics. Um, I worked with a guy named Mike there. He, um, th- they, they work on like large signage stuff. I mean, they're, they're, they're much more. They don't, they don't do things like this. But I asked them if they could possibly take all of my D rings, the bag of D rings, and throw them in to this tumbler that had just like shrap metal in it. Because these these D rings were beautifully like bronze and bright, and it, there's no <laughs> way that that would have looked authentic um, if they had been so pretty. Uh, so they needed to get thrown in a in a metal scrap tumbler. So that's what happened. And because of that, they have um, they have an aged quality. And when you touch them, they have a they they have this sort of feeling. Um, so on. Mm-hmm.
0: So I, just if you don't, if, if you're new to how Spreecast works, but you can actually click in the little window that's popped up. If you mouse over it and then you mouse back on it, you'll be able to move it. And you can put it on my top of my face, or you can put it on top of the chat, or whatever. Um, but the, we're going to be pulling images up so that you guys can plop, you know, move it around and see kind of what she's talking about. But this is where you're talking about the leather and the these D rings, right?
1: Yes. Yeah. And the leather strips, um, you know, we bought the whole hide, um, and it's a marbled leather, uh, and so I, I cut it into strips. Um, the the leather get I pull it a little bit so it it's not tight and new and fresh feeling. Um, the the marblization of the leather also makes it feel like it's you know old, um, that it's worn. On um, some of the leather, you know, there there's a stamp that says, you know, from the hide, and you know, all the information about that leather. I retain all that. I don't cut around that stuff because it just it feels even more exciting if there's typography on it. You know. Um, also, the the interior papers are um, they are from uh, they're from Israel. The pattern is marbled paper um, from that I actually found from a, a vendor in Israel, and he sent over some sheets, <clears throat> and what we did, because, and we went through a lot of marbled paper here. This wasn't a flippant decision. Um, this particular piece of marbled paper has sort of like a blood splatter feel. It doesn't feel like safe um, marbled paper. Uh, it, it has a little bit of, um, of, of mystery in it. It has a little bit of danger in it. Um has a little bit of that like sort of like that dexter sort of feel to it. I mean the show. Um, and so uh, what we did <laughs> was we got the we got the marble paper shipped over. Uh, we took the paper uh, because we wanted this piece to be archival. Um, these pieces the entire thing is archival. Uh, it'll last forever. Um, what we did was we had uptown copy um, scan in the paper. Uh, I had end leaf paper End leaf paper by the way is like book repair paper um old old books that uh that the library of virginia uses end leaf paper I actually called a friend who works for the library of virginia and had him tell me what can i use um to to print on here that's going to be archival and that's going to be durable so um we printed the marbled paper print onto end leaf paper and um you know that also gives it that feel of of old quality um also we've got the uh the little um labels that chuck has painstakingly cut out Um, those are those are die cut by hand by chuck Um, those were designed to look like labels <clears throat> um, and I mean, they are, but they were designed to, to, to look like labels in, in Photoshop. They were printed out. Each one of those labels has, um, one of Chuck's signatures It has the addition number. Um, those labels are on every single, uh, every single book if you open it up. Um, so there's, there's just a lot of detail and I actually have one of the books here. Yeah. Sh- open of- it up and kind of give them an idea of
0: what it is.
1: So once you open it, and you're kind of seeing the exact same thing over over there. Um, Once you open it, there's, you know, there's the labels over here. Um, You're seeing two little black um, uh, bolts and screws. Those are keeping the front plaque on. The front plaque was, um, uh, you know, I designed it, but it was printed out by um, Jason Lepton at Big Secret in Richmond. Um, it's got Chuck's name, it's got the name of the project, it's got the year um, and and the, actually the process of how I put these on with the template and everything, I think we have a picture of that too. But once you open it up, um, the very first thing that you see is um, what is kind of like a newspaper clipping. It's printed on, um, it's actually French paper, um, so again, it's archival, it's not regular newsprint that would degrade. But it's printed on um, what feels like newsprint, and it's it's supposed to be you know um, it, it, it's supposed to be a, a newspaper clipping of the actual sort of the events. Um, and once you get past that, as you continue to open up the piece, um, the very first book inside of it is the intro book, and the intro book is um, the introduction by Tom DeHaven, Every single one of the authors that worked on this got to sign, so I retained their signatures and I put their signatures on each of these um, of these books because, again, they were they were an integral part to what we were doing. Um, as the, the in the way that the the type is actually set, there we go. The way that the type is set, I'm trying to retain the quality of um, of of how uh, in. An investigator would keep track of their work Um, so I've got a lot of uh, you know markers over here that's kind of informing the reader and almost like a personal thing for the investigator to have used it's got the case number it's got the case title Um, it's sort of like an inter office um, use and each one is typeset you know using proper typewriter um, uh, can you pull it up closer so we can see it in the camera?
0: Closer. I don't know if that's working. (laughs) No, that is. That works. It looks fine. Yeah. yeah, So that's good. Okay, great. I just wanted, and you had talked about, uh, you know, on a typewriter you couldn't get italics. That wasn't something that was an option. So you were working out all those things and choosing the right typeface and setting things so that it looked authentic. And that's one of the things that amazes me about this project is that Mina took all this extra time to do things right and in that research part, which, you know, I was telling Mina before we started, you know, I want every designer who's watching to be able to take away something. And we may not be able to do the whole piece like this because this whole piece is hand put together. I mean, I guess the box even, are you putting that together, you're...
1: It's flat, handmade, piece of
0: mat board or something?
1: Yeah, the, the box is actually a clamshell box that we ordered. So that's that's okay. like the only thing that's, that's the only thing that comes pre-made. Um, but that, the inset, that um, the part that's raised on the mm-hmm. inside part, that is handmade. And there's an image of, of what that looks like flat before I score it and then make it into this this mm-hmm. tray. It's a tray. Let's see if I can pull that up.
0: Well, this one is the template, I suppose, um, that you're, <laughs> yeah. we use power is, tools and design. <laughs> yeah. Well, I like that you, you are showing us this part of the process and it's not all super glamorous, but again, why was it the choice of doing these by hand? Cause this was a huge aspect to the, the project.
1: Um,
0: Can you talk about that a little bit?
1: Yeah. Um, I have had the um, fortunate experience of being able to make many boxes as a designer um, both at my time at uh, JHI and my time with my work and um, my personal lot 15 studio but um, uh, you know each time I've each time I've worked on that um, it's been something that was not very <sighs> It, it, the The craft level was always great, but it was it was it was always something that looked slick, you know, slick and clean and and shiny and new. And to ask somebody to manufacture a box that looks aged um, is a difficult thing to ask. And so, the easiest thing to do was to create an assembly line of, of all the different pieces that go into this and um, just start to make them on our own. And that way it actually became an artist book, as opposed to just a book. It becomes a piece of art. Um, it retains the authenticity of this time, this period piece that we're kind of trying to create um, Mm -hmm. it elevates the value of it because you've got, um, you've got a few sets of hands that are working on this. You've got Chuck, who's cutting out, um, those labels. You've got, um, Jason Lefton from big secret. Who's doing the, um, who's doing the, the image right there. Uh, gosh, those laser cut plaques that are just beautiful. You've got, um, several several hours, you know, of my time that's put in to each one so that when you buy it or, you know, when a university buys it, and and we'll talk about that in a minute, um, they're getting something that is, that has a lot more layers to it than, oh, it was just made by this house or this design firm. It's, it's got a lot more layers and the authenticity, like I said, for the time piece is there.
0: Right, and so so let's go ahead. And, this is, I think, the internal the the tray. thing that it sits down the tray.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, big word. I couldn't get four letters, <laughs> um, but and so obviously these templates are they just out of mat board the template? Yep, yep. it's it's black okay. mat board. Okay, right. cool. So then you go from there to this piece and this is showing a bunch of them kind of cut out
1: yes yes and so what i'll do is i'll get into the middle there uh, of the biggest black piece i'll start to get in the middle so i cut out um, the middle part of the tray and each one of these guys sits inside of this piece and so you can see kind of how the tray works here hmm so that's yep. that's kind of how it's working
0: Cool. Yeah. So with um let's see what, what the next one is. This is another uh these are the like strips, I think.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep, so what? the paper.
0: Oh, okay. Cool. So here's another one. I think I can do it without pulling. So this kind of is showing you the process. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so everything's kind of, of out there. Yeah. Do you wanna it's so in the far back in front of the chair there's the box and the leather and the d-rings already together mm-hmm. and then you have the the newspaper clipping right next to it
1: mm-hmm.
0: and then you have these are the pieces these are the assemblage uh the photos of the assemblages yeah assemblages, yep. or, how, assemblages. Mm-hmm. i'm in alabama that's how we say it down here <laughs>
1: assemblages. i'm just kidding assemblages yeah so they they actually they sort of they get tipped in Um, And this, this image that you're seeing is, is this image that you're seeing is actually my dining room, but funny enough, like sometimes I just need a new change of scenery and I'll have to move from my studio. And, and you can also see my iPad where clearly I'm watching like the IT crowd or something like that. Um, But what, what I'll do is I'll get them all in order and then they go on, they get tipped in and these are accordion fold. Books. So again, each one of the authors had their own, and each one of each one of the authors had a had a word count. Like they had a limit. Um, Sometimes it was a little bit difficult to fit everything on to this one space that I was allowed, Um, because again we were working in a budget, and I didn't want to order special paper if I didn't have to. There, you know, so there were certain um, considerations that had to go into how long the paper could be. But again, you're seeing, you know, the case number, and then over here, the, um, Terry's signature, that's Terry. Um, and also the, you know, her bio. So each one of the authors got, um, each one of the authors was able to give us a bio. We were able to promote them a little bit because they were doing this. Um, they were doing this because they wanted to. Uh, and so they were kind of donating their time to this project so we were trying to get you know everything we could to get them some credit that they deserved for doing it
0: so in this next image you are kind of putting things together can you just talk about what you were literally what glue choice were you choosing was it sobo glue is that what yep really
1: (laughs) yeah wow um, so, Sobo glue, and if I'm using a dry glue, then it's going to be Studio Tac, and those are the two glues that I'll use. You can see my burnisher is up there. Um, Sobo glue works. Um, you know, it it needs the friction in order to keep the um, for for those of you who are unfamiliar with Sobo glue, um, it needs the friction of burnishing in order to keep its um, in order to keep its adhesion. Um, that heat helps it to 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 adhere. Um, Studio tack. Um, that's just a dry glue that comes in um, large sheets. You can cut down the strips. And it, so, oh, I mean, a lot of this did have to do with my the, the knowledge that I already have of making artist books. I would not have come to this conclusion of, oh, let me make them if I had no clue where to start. I certainly hope that people would not take on such a task, but... I, I felt comfortable with it.
0: So, was this? Were you always kind of crafty? Like, is that you would say, "Oh yeah, I do a lot of things like that"? Or was this you were really you made a lot of books on your own?
1: Uh, in grad school, I started to make a lot of books. Uh, we had to do, ugh, grad school. We had we had to make a lot. Of stuff. I remember. <laughs> <laughs> so. Um, I, it just, it became something that I enjoyed. I enjoyed learning how to, to bind and to stitch. And I enjoyed learning, um, the different, you know, folding methods and things like that. Um, so, and, and there's not very many people that are out there doing this is the other thing. So if you can find a way to do something, you know, if, if you're, if you're a young person trying to make a name for yourself, if you can find a way to do something that not very many people are out there doing it helps to to you know as a as a younger de- designer which i no longer am sadly but if it helps to be able to get your name out there and to market yourself as somebody who can do something like this
0: and it helps you stand out i mean i also really think that you can do some things that are hand done that help you to stand out in a, in a way as well. So, I have another question. So, again, uh, we're on a budget. So, you think, oh, these are all by hand. This is costing a ton of money. But it looks like it was just printed on, I would love for you to tell me what kind of paper the each story. And each story was the same amount of accordion folds, right? It wasn't some people got longer. So, there was standardization in that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then you just, it looks like black ink in any color you're doing with these labels. Yep. So, Yeah, this this is able to be really low cost. It -hmm. takes time, but it's able you're able to give your client a little something extra because you were doing some of it by hand. But talk about your paper and choosing to only do it in black.
1: So the French paper um, is, you know, we we used a combination of French and Mohawk um, and the um, the. The images. If you, I mean, if you look at the, if you look at the piece, you, you notice that the things that are in color are the marbleized paper, the leather strap, the labels, and the most important thing, Chuck's assemblages. So each one of these assemblages is on this very unseeming sort of uh, um, accordion fold. It stands out. Um, those assemblages are printed on a cardstock. It's pretty much like a postcard mm-hmm. it would it would feel like. Um, it gives it a little bit of weight for each accordion fold, which is really kind of small and thin. Um, so having it having the the assemblage on the cardstock, having the um, assemblage in color, and having it weigh each one of the stories down, gave each assemblage um a feeling of importance so i think yeah cost was a big reason as to why a lot of these you know the stories are black and white um but even how perfect was it i mean that you couldn't i mean it was a great great choice that we that we had to to make them black and white because it helped pieces to stand out even more
0: um so chuck's pieces Mm-hmm. Are on the Mohawk paper or are they also on the French paper?
1: Um Chuck's pieces are on a cardstock that was chosen by Chuck and Brian Walker at Uptown. Um Uptown Copy here it, in, in Richmond.
0: Is it shiny? Does it is it glossy so it looks like it was like a photo? It is matte as well.
1: It's it's like a almost like a satin. Can you see that okay that slight mm-hmm. shimmer? Yeah. It's a it's like a satin. It's it's I mean, it's matte, it's not shiny, it's got a little bit of sheen just because of the ink that's laying on top of the piece, Mm -hmm. right? The only, so the only light that's coming, the only reason that that's there is because the ink is laying on top. Right.
0: So, then you have the other pieces. So, we've pretty much talked about everything in this piece except the little envelope and the stuff inside the envelope. So, what was that purpose? Because, again, it's really hand-done. I take each out. And we had talked about, like, Griffin and Sabine, I think, when we were doing our test. You know, it feels kind of like, if you don't know what I'm talking about, there are these books that came out in the 90s. You actually take the letters out and you read them, but they were all pre-printed. So, this is behind
1: everything. Yep, it exists in the very, very back. Um, And these, these images were actually shown at Chuck's uh, opening. Um, He took these photographs. These are, um, these are his, again, this, this, all of this work is, is his. Um, These, uh, these photographs that are that are inside um, are you know, nobody's saying this necessarily, but it—it is—it is as if it's—it's um, it's case scene documentation is what we've called it. So it's as if he's taken photographs of of where, um, where these events could have occurred. Um, but a lot of it requires the reader's participation in sort of believing and getting into the mystery. Um, but they're black and white photographs that just add another level of, um, evidence.
0: Yeah, it's awesome. I love how that they're in that other, like, black envelope, you know, that it's, it's another layer of the sealed kind of, um, mystery, something else to uncover. Are these printed on the same paper as the other? Okay, cool. Yes. So, I mean, they come across almost golden in the, and at least this photo, they kind of have that kind of black and white, but it's like a warm black and white piece
1: feel. Yeah, and and it's it's the way that he um, it's it's the way that it was printed. Um, but you know, we we had a few press checks, <laughs> you know, making sure that the colors were right, um, that things weren't too green. That was that that became an issue at one point. Um, that we didn't we wanted to make sure that the color balance was really nice. Um oh another thing that I wanted to say uh the envelopes themselves <clears throat> these are these have the um oh dear what are they called again? I can't remember.
0: um string but they're the, buttons I don't know
1: but the, it's it's something string. yeah it, but it's um maybe one of you guys out there knows um I I'm forgetting right now but um but yeah it's it's like the the hook and string um and then the um the leather strap is um you have to pull it in order for it to close. And this, you have to kind of go round and round. There were, there were things that I wanted to do with this that made string button right in. There are things that I wanted to do with this as far as closures, because I just didn't want some random, like a, you know, regular old envelope. How much more interesting would it be if you had to undo this this um, string uh, and how much more interesting would it be if you had a leather strap holding these things in with a D ring um, a lot of the times when Chuck and I were talking you know he would bring up Dexter again the show and, and, and he would bring up uh, you know the movie seven and if there was ever a time where I could bring in some sort of like morbid sort of you know maybe choking or you know whatever it could be to allude to these things um, you know, if we're talking as professors using semiotics and our understanding of you know if one thing that can allude to something else um, then I would use it and and so this this guy and then the the leather strap of you know if it could be anything that was reminding us of choking, <laughs> I would do it. <laughs> well, that
0: but it's also that's how those. A lot of envelopes were like that back then. That was just a, a standard kind of closure. So again, it brings that authenticity. And again, there's more labels. So right now we have the the placard on the front. We have a signature label as well as a um, uh, whatever number label in the inside. In
1: addition, each addition. case number, um, these have their own labels. So, and there's a label on the exterior. Um, there's a label right... Where can I go? Oh, yeah, right on here. the edge. Yeah. Because the clamshell box has a little lip, and that little part is seen. So if it's seen, and there's a way that I can get... You know, as designers, again, we're always trying to get people to open the book, right? To open the book. And If I could get somebody interested in seeing what's underneath there, then put your thumb in there and open it up. That's what I was trying to do.
0: Yeah, these are so like icing, like this is like cake icing. I just want to, you know, I want to eat it, or I talk about in class, you need to be looking at things that are, um, if all you're eating is McDonald's, visually, then, no offense to McDonald's, then you're going to design like McDonald's, you know, and if all you're eating is some awesome burger like Ruth Chris or something, then you're going to design better. So visually what you're putting in. But this is like, oh, my gosh, I want to touch this. And I think that's what you wanted. You wanted yeah. this. It, you wanted a, a I feel like I've been trans, you know, transported to another time when I'm going back because everything is so authentic. And I think to me what it says is you can do this. So you're using color very sparingly. Again, those papers, and I think the paper makes it such a, a drama. It has such a dramatic effect, and then the the labels you're using your color there. So it's 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 small, but it's very perfect in. And I don't know if the labels are cream or if they're white.
1: Uh, they're both. Both of them are. They're both colors. Uh, cream and white.
0: See, they were two different types good. of
1: labels. And you're figuring if yeah. this thing is going through, you know, an inner an inner <laughs> office, um, like if it's if it's just a pile of evidence that's been sitting on a detective's desk, you know, for many years, then it's been slapped with labels and, you know, not always perfectly, not always aligned. Um, but each label says something very important, has a signature. So if it was a signature, it should clearly be Chuck's. So <laughs> Chuck's signature is on this thing, I think, three times. Um, it, but yeah the, I just didn't want to hi John <laughs> I just didn't want to uh, I didn't want to distract from from his assemblages and yeah <laughs> <Go ahead.
0: laughs> so I'm I, this is my oh I'm so excited one thing I'd love and again okay how you're thinking how can I use this with my clients listen to what Mina just said and this just gives me chills You know, what about if you were the detective and it's that pretend this is why my husband says I'm in here playing on the computer all the time when I'm working, because this is we get to pretend like we're somebody else. I don't care if you're selling roach spray. You get to pretend like you're whoever. So you can do something like this with no matter what. If you're a corporate designer, I know Meredith's a corporate designer. Um, you know, you're you're like, "How can I ever do this?" But it's that hand, that touch, that feel that people so want to connect to, that real um, authentic. You've used that word a ton of times. but, it's that we get to get inside the mind of what we want people to have that experience. And it doesn't matter what we're selling or marketing or, or, but we need to get them to feel like they are part of the experience. And I think that's what's so cool as a designer, but I love, I mean, I'm totally like, I love these unsolved mystery shows or whatever, you yeah. know? Okay. And I think you said that was kind of what Chuck kind of had got this idea kind of from, <clears throat> excuse me. But it is, man, I just want to, Anne said I should get my university to buy one. I'm going to do my best. I'm going to, so let's talk about that a little bit. So this is not like, hey, you know, come, let's buy a book. And maybe, I mean, I'm sure some people could, Mm -hmm. but um, more often these are going to be at um, possibly university libraries. But can you talk a little bit about what someone would need to do to look at one or purchase one or something like that? How is that happening?
1: All right, well, um, it, this this actually is in universities now. Um, we it, I know it's at um, BCU Special Collections, which is very exciting. Um, and uh, I know that uh, it is of interest to universities to use this book as a teaching tool um, with regard to collaborations between, you know, the fine arts and the literature disciplines. So how can they come together? Um, And I love that I get to be a part of anything that's teaching collaboration. That's awesome. Um, So I'm I'm really kind of excited about that. But uh, yeah, there there are other ways to get your hands on uh, to get your hands on uh, one of these if if you're very interested. Um, if if you're interested, you can contact me. You can contact Chuck. Um, they uh, you can go onto his Facebook. Um, you can take a look there. Uh, but either way, any way that you want to get um, if you really want to get your hands on one of these and you're interested in actually buying one. Um, contacting me and getting I'll get you in touch with Chuck or contacting Chuck yeah there you go you can contact me on Twitter right there Um, if you're very interested in getting one and we'll get one to you Um, you know I'm I still am making these Um, it's I I knew what I was biting off when I did it Um, and and I really enjoy the act of being able to make these um, pieces uh, they are a work of art that you get to own, and it's something you can actually interact with. And I think that that's what the universities are seeing as such a valuable tool. And I think that that's you know why people um, why people have bought them for their own homes um, to have uh, It's not just something um, you know that's that's it's not just another piece of art you can hang on the wall. It's something you can actually interact with and and read if you you know. Yeah.
0: (laughs) And that collaboration, I mean, to give I don't know what the word count was, but to give a writer a certain number. I mean, a lot of writers are are familiar with working within a word count, but that doesn't seem like that many because because courier or whatever typewriter typefaces are so wide, you know, that you're like, really, you want me to write a whole Mm -hmm. story in that many words? I'm right. sure that was a challenge for them, and again, that teaches people about that again, that challenge of working with one color for us as designers, or for them working in a shorter word count.
1: Yeah, um, I, I, I can, I can track some type. Uh, that was, that was something that you know had to be done. You know, there was like a bit of judging uh, uh, going on as far as the letting and the tracking to make sure that it all looked op, optic. Optimally optical, <laughs> that, that everything was looking really good. It didn't look crammed, um, but again, you know, still looking like it was created from a typewriter. Um, so yeah. I think the word count was about six hundred, if I'm if I'm uh, remembering that correctly. Um, and that was difficult. Mm-hmm. That was very difficult for some of these writers, uh, but it also gave them, uh, you know, a hard and fast rule. That you know, you had you have this much you can only say this much some people didn't even right. use that many words <laughs>
0: so mm-hmm. with they have the story and are each it's each is a different mystery right it's not yeah. connected like four of them are part of one or whatever yeah. so that's cool too
1: yeah they're in order as far as the year because the the authors were able to give them a year they could say okay this happened in 1963 okay this happened in 1929 um, one of my favorites is written by Phil Ford. Uh, some of them have to do <clears throat> with, you know, things that artists and designers can really appreciate. Um, there's one love story about um, a girl whose father owns a printing press, and the, she gets in a romance with the hired hand. Um, and I mean, these are really involved stories by extremely talented writers. Uh, that you know, it's it's just it's been a joy to kind of um, to read through them as I was typesetting them or. Um, to put them in the proper order. I get a little lost in them sometimes. <laughs> I'm sure. Well, 14, right? There's 14 stories? There, Yeah, there's 14 assemblages, and then um, the uh, the very first, um, oh. the the introduction is written by Tom DeHaven.
0: Now, that book right there, is that hand-assembled as well, hand-stitched?
1: Wow. It, it's an accordion fold. And, oh, accordion. Um, and in fact... You can kind of look at it there, that it's just, it's a Canadian rat fold, and Mm -hmm. if you were to pull it up, I mean, it's all just one, sort of one piece. Yeah.
0: Wow. That's awesome. All right. So let's, I, we got to pull up a couple of these images, and we got 15 minutes to talk about your sketchbooks in that project, which I think is super cool, too. Um, And maybe I just, I just think your stuff's awesome. So here, so this is is this five in the morning or four in the morning? That's
1: my thought. <laughs> um, yeah. That, that image, um, if you guys follow me on Instagram, you can kind of see my progress. Um, I, I do, I have a, let's see, I have a hashtag. If you were to look at oh. like hashtag body of evidence, book art. Um, okay. so I, you know, I have, I have all of that kind of happening on here and, um, I just, uh, Chuck and I recently won an award from uh, AIGA at the grade competition for this piece. So, um, you know, that an image of that is up there, but it's uh, hashtag body of evidence book art. I don't know. So, oh, people have their own body of evidence thing. I don't know what that is, but the book art one is the one that I use.
0: <laughs> okay, let me do that again then. <clears throat> body of evidence. I'm such a slow typer. Book art. Okay, and then if you also, another, um, Mina's other Instagram is her name, not hashtag thing. Okay, so then we have, so go ahead and, uh, well, and, I mean, this I thought was so funny. Um, So was this the opening, and y'all had this out in, like, white artist tape?
1: (laughs) Yeah, Um, uh, that that, (laughs) I happened upon that at the uh, Visual Arts Center uh, when we had a reading. Uh, so all of the artists, um, I'm sorry, all, all of the authors were able to come out, see the book for the first time. Um, and we had uh, all of Chuck's assemblages. You know, we had refreshments. It was, it was an entire, it was like a, a new opening, but for the book art. Um, so mm-hmm. we, had, we had readings from the authors. Um, Phil Ford emceed it. He's one of the authors as well. Um, so you can see, yeah, that image is, of one of our, one of our writers, um, one of our authors, actually one of, one of our pieces being read there. Um, uh, we had some ghost writers, which was cool, but, uh, anyway, uh, and I'm kind of up there doing what I'm doing here and, um, kind of addressing the audience, just kind of telling them how all of this came about. Um, but yeah, there's two other images.
0: That I, I think I, I would love because this is something we don't see. We haven't seen that yet. the the tags and then these um, it's like uh, le- luggage tags and they look like they're uh, old safety pins. Is that yeah? Is that right? So
1: the authors got um, their own name tags um, made by <laughs> Chuck, and I think MIM helped as well, um, if I'm correct. Uh, and these these were their name tags to wear and to sh- show who they were, um, and they're they're just the you know evidence tags. And each one of those uh, it, people could pick up um, the very first piece that's inside of the book, um, that just shows the um, uh, you know it's just the the news newsprint uh, cutout article, the Ouija style sort of article that um, that's in the very front of the book.
0: Well, and I also love that everything. You you wrapped everything around it, which I think is really cool. Again, as designers, we need to be able to do that. Even I love that name tag kind of idea. I, that's great. That, yeah, that was all Chuck. Yeah. <laughs> Good job, Chuck. <laughs> so that's cool. All right. So I think that's all. Well, there's one more body of evidence. That's you putting the... um. Stickers. It's a small one, uh, you putting the stickers on. And they're all different, so, you know, sometimes we're like, oh, it's not in the exact same spot. Well, that's okay. You know, if you were in an office and you were working, you're gonna stick them on there, but they're not always gonna be straight or not always gonna be in the exact same spot every time. If so, you probably wouldn't be a cop, I would think, yeah. maybe. Yeah. you'd be a designer. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So so let's talk about your sketchbook. So I'm just going to pull up some images, and then you take these trips. So kind of back us up through it. So changing gears here.
1: Um, okay. <laughs> so ever since 2009, I think, or was it 2010? It's one of those years. Um, I started. Uh, okay, I ride a scooter, so everyone should know that first off. But um, I I ride what you might call a Vespa, except it's a, it's called a Stella. So let's get that clear. Um, but I, I ride a scooter, and um, I do um, I do these trips every year, once a year, and I go with a motley crew of of, of bike riders. Um, you know, from Harleys to, to um, old Vespas, um, BMW bikes, all of, whatever. Um, but I take these trips, and I document these trips um, through my sketchbooks. And I just draw if, if I'm sitting somewhere for 10 minutes waiting for my food because I'm ravaged, hungry. Um, usually, we're camping, by the way, so I've, everything's piled on my Vespa, and I'm going without, you know, without a hotel or or anything like that. We're, <laughs> we're literally living off of our bikes. Um, I I'll sit down and I'll draw for 10 minutes while I'm waiting for my food. Um, this one that you're seeing is actually on a plane, so that's not that's not my vesper or anything. But that I think is going to Phoenix one year. But I, it doesn't matter, you know, where I'm going if it has to be on my scooter or not. Um, I will I will draw everywhere that I am, as I'm sure many of many of us do. Um, but wherever I'm sitting, I will make sure to document wherever that is um, as I'm traveling. And sometimes I'll write notes in there. Sometimes I'll take like. Uh, you know, little things that I find while I'm sitting somewhere, um, and I'll put the, that paper inside, um, and, and you make it into a collage that way.
0: So, kind of like this one, like the little, yeah, so, um, oh, and one of the things when we were talking before, you had said, I mean, to me, I love the, not every line is perfectly straight, but it has such a quality, and it is, again, it's a me as a as I'm looking at this it's something I can taste almost it gives me a feeling and as we go through the rest of them you'll see I mean you're stitching this I see purple thread at the bottom um but you said something to me and you said oh well I was taught I needed to get I needed to get it down can you do you remember telling me okay can you tell about talk about that
1: Okay, so I mentioned at the very beginning of um, this entire interview that I went to the Illustration Academy after um, I went uh, after I was uh, in my, got my BFA. Um, so at the Illustration Academy, I had the most wonderful um, professors, uh, including Sterling Hunley, um, who I know has been on here, um, George Pratt, um, a, a lot of really amazing people. And one of the most important things that I was ever taught was, well, okay, there' are two. Uh, One get it down get it down quickly Um, people move people move and and if you're on the metro and you're drawing somebody um, You you want to get them down before they move and you don't want them to see you because then that's creepy So that was something (laughs) that I was taught and we had these five Second poses that these people would hold for literally five seconds and our model would shift and move and we had to get as much as possible down so um, I draw a lot of uh, people sitting, I draw a lot of bars, I draw a lot of people interacting, um, and I do use the entire page on my sketchbook, which um, actually one, one illustrator, Tin Munich, actually told me once that that shows that I'm a designer because I clearly have to fill up the entire page. I don't know what that means. But I know that I like getting as much <laughs> as possible down because I don't want to feel like I cheated myself later. So I, I try to get as much as possible down as quickly as possible. And I try to incorporate typography. I try to write things in there um, to give a sense of the, the mood of where I was. I always date things, as you can see there. Um, this, is, um, this is a coffee shop in New York, um, you know, that I was just sitting in waiting for a, a former student of mine who now works um, in Manhattan. So, uh, yeah, I try, to, I try to get things down very quickly. And try to get the essence of a of a place.
0: So I love that you don't want to be creepy, for sure. But I also think um, you're adding other things. So I asked you. I was like, "Gosh, how can you get all this down that quickly?" And you said, "Sometimes I'm adding, um, I'm adding some things later, um, and also like this. I love the green thing, and you use this green paper. I guess it's paper. It is paper. So, so, and she's collecting these." These um, pieces when she's at her location or something, and then she's incorporating it in. And I love that. I love this one. I love the um, I love the angles that you put the type. Uh, I mean, to me, this is one of my favorites. But I know that takes a ton of time to cut those out. And I, are you carrying glue with you on these? And I don't mean to point you with, with you <laughs> at my.
1: I, I do. Um, I was actually looking to see if I had one available, but I have, oh she, okay, Ann just called me out here. I, I always carry around a cigar box, and my cigar box has random paper samples. It's got an Exacto mm-hmm. blade. It's got a small pair of scissors, and it's got a glue stick, um, and I've got an extra pen in there. Uh, but, the, you know, they're just regular cigar boxes, and everything I need is in there, and you just kind of take that with you wherever you're, I take that with me wherever I'm going. <laughs>
0: So as somebody who's, I am not that great. I mean, my sketches do not look like, do not look like that. That is for sure. So how can I get better? And and maybe that somebody else on here feels the same way. So is it just practice? Is it putting that five minute, five second poses? Is it trying to get as much? And then, I mean, can you give us any tips?
1: Yeah. Um, Most of us are afraid of drawing hands and feet. Uh, um, So I'm just going to start there and saying draw hands and feet. Over and over and over again. Um, if you're sitting somewhere and you you know, there are no hands and feet to draw, um, what you should do is draw what you see. As typically, we we draw what is what we think that we see, as opposed to what we actually are seeing in front of us. Mm-hmm. So it helps with perspective. It helps with um, it, it. It helps just to kind of understand the space that you're in. Um, that you can't make it up. Um, You know, and I sometimes I do, I do make certain things up because I know that it'll look better in the long run, but I'm also practicing drawing everything that I'm seeing. I, I don't, and Anna's right, I don't use a pencil. I remember being in a a coffee shop once I was at Crossroads in the fan here in Richmond and um, I was sitting there and I was drawing one of the pieces that wound up being, um, that wound up being a, a piece that's hanging in my my home now um but it's it was it was drawn in pen and this guy walks by me and he goes you must be pretty confident to draw in pen and I looked at him and I said that's my job (laughs) I mean you know you make the mistakes and you enjoy the mistake and you embrace the mistake and you learn from the mistake and sometimes mistakes are pretty cool um and if they're not just turn the page and keep going
0: (laughs) yeah totally but I think one of the Big things is just practice. Like just get out there and practice. I think, um, I think that's kind of neat. I have recently, um, uh, back a project. There's eleven days to go. I'm gonna actually put this up here. These people don't know me from anybody, so I'm just promoting stuff. I think that's what we should do. But it's a new camera, Lucida, Lucida or whatever. Yeah. I mess up things all the time. But you know, you look through it and then you're it projects down onto paper and you're able to draw it. So it's a uh, tool, fake tool, I guess. But anyway, it's on Kickstarter. There's 11 days to go. You can still order it. Anyway, just for people who are like me, who I still think you sh- we should do what you're doing and just push myself to do it. It's that, um, and I know Meredith, I think she'll connect with me. I don't want to make something ugly, but like I... I, I, I know, I, but I think a lot of designers are like that, I know, I'm just like the <laughs> students in my class, I just, I just want, uh, but I, but like, to me, this, this is one of my favorites of yours, I knew Meredith would get, <laughs> would, I love, I, I love the way the type goes, I love how flowing it is, but I think what I'm going to do this summer, from this, you're in, Inspiring me to do this is to just try, and just every time I'm sitting somewhere, just try. I mean, I have chickens; they move all the time. Oh, I could yeah. just go and practice drawing my chickens, um, and then they're not going to care if I drew them ugly. You know, they won't know. Um, <coughs> um, and that, and Meredith actually took something from last week's show. She had had a bad design week, and she posted it on the Design Recharge um, Facebook. Page, and I encourage you guys to follow and like it or whatever. It's something else to do, but you know that would be great if we could pull things that we're learning. Like I just love this piece. I, I just That's think great. this. My piece husband
1: of, was sitting this, in front of me. Mike, uh, I think he, yeah, Michael Clifford is here. He, he was right there when I was drawing that. We were waiting for our pizza. <laughs> and, I, and I mean, don't think for a minute that every time I put the pen down to a blank page that I'm not frightened. I am always frightened at that first, I mean, that first stroke. And even, even when they come afterwards, but I mean, if you don't, if you don't just keep on doing it, you know, you're going to have nothing. That, that's worse than having something that's ugly. I'd rather have something that's right. ugly than I tried on. <laughs> and, and I end
0: up, I've done, I, I used to, if I thought something was ugly, I would scratch it out. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, I've got to stop doing that because then you end up finding these little gems if I hadn't scratched all over it, that it really wasn't so bad, but it was just um, <laughs> me and Meredith will have to work up to ink. That's for oh. sure. But um, <laughs> but I think it's good. It's also a commitment. And I think Mike Rohde talked about that when we talked about sketchnoting. He said, I wanted it to be perfect. And me putting it in pen made it so that I didn't have to. It was like, I know it's not going to be perfect. I'm just getting it out there. And I think that's helped me with sketchnoting. And I know Alma's talked about that on here as well. Um, I I'm excited. So let me shoot a couple more. And I mean, I like this one just cause there's so many little pieces that you're pulling in. Like, I don't know if they're drawer pulls here. Um, yeah. I love, I love the type and I love that you're, you cut out that music sheet and plopped it on top of your drawing. I mean, I love that. I just, the I don't know how you cut bar. it so
1: well. <laughs> it's a very loud bar, and the music is always going, and so I felt like this is proper. Um, one of my friends, his name is Willis. He has a, a daughter. She's like she's a toddler. Her name is um, Columbia, and uh, he's always at that bar, and and sometimes he's had her, her, his daughter there with him, and so you know I thought "Hail Columbia" was a great, um, a, a great uh, piece to put on this one in particular. So. Oh yeah. Um, someone asked me uh, previously. Um, Jason asked me if if I use uh, papers that are you know personal to me and important to me. Um, yeah. Uh, so this would be one of the instances where I did. <clears throat> sometimes I'll wait to use a piece of paper. Um, sometimes I'll find the paper there, and then it's even more special. Uh, but you know, it. I think I think you do have to be cognizant of what imagery you're putting on top of your other imagery though. I think there is like a, a sort of a, a dance that you have to do.
0: Well, all those things influence as designers. We know that, you know, if you, if you're trying to portray that it's a loud bar and it has a lot of music, then I think this is very appropriate. Plus, you, you instead of cutting off the name of the piece, you included that on. So, sorry, Jason, I didn't realize you had asked a question earlier. So there's, uh, Meredith said, how do you measure for the paper you're putting it in? Seems it would be hard after drawing that part. Do you use a light box? How, what kind of sketchbook are you using?
1: Um, I'm just using, you know, one of these. And in fact... You know, here's some work, Um, lots of, lots of bars. I usually, (laughs) I'm usually sitting at a bar drawing things, but um, I I will take a piece of tracing paper. That's all I do um, is I take a piece of tracing paper and I go over my drawing and then I put it on top of the the piece that I'm going to cut out. Um, And I can use a graphite pencil or something like that. You make a little
0: template, sort of. Yeah.
1: Perfect. We can do that, Meredith. Um,
0: All right. So, so um, I think there's a couple more. So this is, you have a person and again, people move, but well, cool. So I guess maybe he could stay still more still for you. Um, But again, the, the paper, the, 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 I don't know what kind of paper that green paper is, but it's great. I love that paper. Yeah. And just that you're collaging the rest of the stuff around there is really cool.
1: That green paper, by and, the way, I feel like I should say, it's um it's from an Air Force manual from uh, the turn of the 20th century. Turn of the 20th century. Oh, it's cool. From the 1940s. What is wrong with me? Sorry, <laughs> It's from an Air Force manual from the 1940s. <laughs> but, you know, I love the way that it looks, too. It's got this really nice sort of marbled effect. It's age. That's what it is
0: mm-hmm well um anyway there's a guy keith tatum who was on the show back in april he takes stuff and he makes it look old um and he talked about that a little bit like taking new paper and then folding it and then doing stuff which if you can't find really old or or maybe you couldn't get yourself to rip up a air force manual um then you could do you could kind of do some of the things same things or just like you did with the um in papers from the body of evidence piece you could scan it in and then adjust it from print it out and adjust it from there
1: yeah um i've also been known to um to leave papers the new papers just out uh, outside on the ground and then after like a Mm. week or two especially in the fall because in the fall the um the leaves will fall down on it and they'll leave these beautiful imprints and we can we can talk about that yeah, <laughs> so I,
0: I'm I'm gonna have Mina on again. Um, a th- good and if any ever your screen freezes you can just refresh so this is the last piece and then I'm going to give you her contact information again and ways to contact me oops at design recharge and I just clicked on it and now I went to Flickr which you can actually click on these images and they will take you to the Flickr and it has a link to the show and it says it's Vina and whatever I'm not taking credit I would love to take credit for these but um, but I will I'll post some Mina and you can you can encourage me to keep going so here you've used an old photo right yes. and then you kind of made your own pocket
1: yes um, so the back of the photograph um, I, I tore it apart um, and so the back of the photograph already had a note on it and I love these old notes from people Um from mm-hmm. people who have departed to people who have departed or you know whatever but these this is an old photograph from somebody um, or of somebody and I guess they they were writing to it and I like to imagine that like their kid got a hold of a crayon and started drawing on top of it you know that it that that's why it's unintelligible <clears throat> but I've made the back of the the photograph into the pocket and then stuck stuck the photograph itself which is now very flimsy on the inside of it and. I just had these two scraps left. Um, you remember the drawer pulls from uh, New York Deli? Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's part of the Hale Columbia that you're seeing that I cut out for the drawer. And then I had this just this sliver from uh, of that Air Force manual, and I I just thought it was a beautiful. I I threw them down, and I thought they'd be beautiful like that, so I just left them like that. It's a and, ni- It's
0: a really nice ending because that's the end of the sketchbook, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah that's that's beautiful to me um so this is my husband's uncle willie which i think is a great picture but they did get they didn't get a crayon but it's that same sort of thing like he like i i love that part as well that there is that you know because these were precious you know this was um in the 1930s and Mm -hmm. But that they let them, I mean, my mom would have killed me had I done this, but it's just these marks, and we think they're beautiful, and I love that. It, it helps with that story as mm-hmm. well, so that's really cool. All right, guys, so here's how, um, here's how we can reach Mina. Again, here's her um, Twitter handle. And here's her Instagrams, which I know we'll all be following. And then there's two other ways. She has a website and a blog, and I would definitely suggest you guys following both. I'm going to put them over on the right-hand side as well. Um, So they're over there. You can actually click in there, so those are easy. And um, Mina, I'm just going to real quick. I mean, I hope that I know we've already talked about doing another one, but she had so many to talk about. I was like, well, we'll talk about body of evidence and then we'll just mention your sketchbook. So we may come a little bit deeper into our sketchbooks next time, as well as she has another a couple of projects that we're going to attack. So yep. I'm real excited. So um, again, you can always reach me at designrecharge.org. Um, this is, you should sign up for the email. You get a list of the questions. Only the VIP subscribers get these questions beforehand. I ask you to send me questions as well. Um, People haven't, but I would love to hear what questions you wanna know. Um, Anyway, and then you can always on Twitter, I have two, uh, at Diane Gibbs AU, and then at Design Recharge. And then feel free, go to Facebook, post stuff i was so glad meredith posted something last week and then you can always reach me at diane at designrecharge.org. mina i can't tell you thank you enough you really encourage me as well as really inspire me and i'm so excited to go out there and start drawing so and i think the body of evidence thing's super cool i gotta work that into a client piece
1: somehow awesome. <laughs> well thank you so, so much thank for having you me diane so-
0: Oh, thank you for your expertise, and tell Chuck thank you, and his pieces are awesome, and I'm really excited to see the story, and I'm going to do my best to get my library to purchase, so you'll be getting a tweet from me. So, any thanks, Jason. Um, We'll see you guys next week. Um, Anne will be helping us out next week. We're going to be talking about creativity and what to do when you're in a creative block, so if you guys have some I mean, to me, that's a hard thing, and I end up solving the problems the same way. So I think sometimes it's really good to get out like like Mina goes on her trips. I, I'm sure that – wow, that's – well, delete that one. Um, <coughs> um, I'm sure that there's some things that you guys might want to know. Feel free email me, and we'll get some stuff about creativity, and we'll try to um, – let me uh, – uh, we'll try to get all that stuff. Start. Sorry, I'm trying to be, like, um, do a little bit of everything. DJ is what I call. I'm mm-hmm. the DJ here. So, anyway, we'll see you guys next week. Again, thank you, Mina, so much. You were awesome. Thanks, guys. Bye.